Good evening, race fans, and welcome to another edition of the Push to Pass podcast. Uh, I am Derek Vance, and uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to thank everyone for a uh, amazing launch uh, last week with uh, with episode one. Uh, also, uh, I want to thank uh, Tony Donahue of uh, Burnout Sports and Mike from uh, Bet uh, IndyCar. Uh, for uh, for joining us as well, uh, making it a huge uh, first episode. Well, as you can see down here at the bottom, we are in episode number two. Uh, a lot to a lot to talk about, uh, a lot to unpack uh, as this uh, show unfolds. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, as you can see uh, again, like I said down at the bottom there, uh, we do have to recap. Uh, the Chevrolet uh, Detroit Grand Prix uh, that uh, just uh, come to a conclusion at uh, Belle Isle on Sunday, uh, moving to downtown Detroit in 2023. Uh, we will uh, talk about that here <clears throat> momentarily. Uh, also, too, uh, we have some video uh, from some drivers uh, post-race uh, to, uh, to get to as well. And then looking ahead uh, to this coming weekend, uh, we have the uh, race at uh, Road America <clears throat> that we will uh, preview and discuss as well. Uh, also, too, uh, joining us, we have two amazing uh, guests. Well, one returning guest, uh, Mike from uh, Bet IndyCar, uh, will be joining us towards the end of the show uh, to uh, recap uh, his weekend last weekend at the uh, Detroit Grand Prix. And then uh, previewing for all you betters in fantasy uh, racing uh, gurus out there, uh, some of his favorites, and then along with uh, some of my favorites and dark horses and then drivers that you want to fade uh, going into this week at Road America. Uh, and then uh, joining me uh, in about uh, 15 minutes or so, uh, amazing uh, individual, uh, can't wait to hear uh, the project that they are working on. Uh, but we're going to be joined by Shannon McBride of uh, Tales from the Tales from Turn Four uh, podcast. Uh, also, too, you can check her out uh, if you have not already. Give her a follow. Uh, if you go on Twitter at IndyCarChick, uh, you can find her there as well. But uh, before we get into uh, any of that, uh, we do need to recap. Uh, what was an, an exciting uh, chapter, last chapter, at uh, the Detroit Grand Prix last weekend at Belle Isle. Like I said, uh, next year, that race is going to be moving to downtown uh, Detroit, and, and that'll be quite interesting, to uh, to say the least. But uh, before we get to that, uh, like I said, a uh, an amazing way to end uh, the uh, IndyCar series at Belle Isle. Uh, willpower staving off a late charging Alexander Rossi uh, to uh, pick up the win at, uh, at Belle Isle uh, last weekend. Uh, it, it's a good thing that, uh, that willpower um, that that race was only 70 laps and not uh, 71 or 72 laps uh, because uh, like I said, uh, a late hard charge uh, by Alexander Rossi uh, willpower ended up beating Alexander Rossi by one second. Uh, when uh, Alexander Rossi climbed to uh, P2 uh, with about 20 laps to go. That is when uh, Will Power had about a 20-second lead, and uh, Alexander Rossi on uh, on black tires, excuse me, uh, Will Power on red tires, those uh, tire strategies 
uh, came into play here as well. Uh, Alexander Rossi was able to shave about 19 seconds off, uh, but uh, unfortunately just uh, ran out of time there. But like I said, in, in what could have been the last race on Belle Isle uh, before moving to downtown Detroit in 2023, uh, the aforementioned uh, Will Power uh, scored his first victory uh, of the 2022 NTT IndyCar season, along with scoring that victory. Uh, he also took control of the points championship uh, lead as well, uh, staving off a hard-charging Alexander Rossi uh, to win the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix uh, presented by Lear on Sunday. Uh, we talked about uh, strategies and, and pit stop strategies. Well, uh, Will Power and his engineer uh, used a two-stop strategy, again, implemented by uh, race uh, strategist Ron uh, Ruscott, Ruskai, I believe that's how that's pronounced, uh, to absolute perfection uh, for the number 12 Verizon team Pinsky Chevrolet, who, uh, like I said, held off a hard-charging Alexander Rossi, who uh, earlier in the race uh, took an extra stop. He went on the three-stop uh, pit strategy for the number 27 Napa Auto Parts Auto Nation Honda. Uh, Team Penske, like I said, decided on a different strategy uh, to try to help Will Power gain track position on what was a bumpy and narrow uh, temporary street circuit. Uh, from his 16th starting position. Uh, also, too, uh, Power had to drive, and this was what uh, I, I think uh, Will Power deserves the most credit for, obviously, you know, winning the race. Um, but Will Power had to drive the final 20 laps on uh, Firestone alternate red tires. Uh, and initially, at the start of the run, uh, they had more grip, uh, but uh, the longer the run went, uh, the more loose tr uh, traction uh, those red tires became within time. On the other hand, uh, Rossi was more dur durable and consistent uh, on his final run because he was on the Firestone, uh, the primary black tires uh, for his uh, final run. Uh, um, quoting uh, Will Power after the uh, after the race, uh, I drove it as straight as I could. Power said when speaking about his tire preservation strategy over the last 20 laps, I never could put any slip angle into it. I was just driving it really straight and really nice on the brakes and the and the throttle. I knew if I could keep a reasonable gap until the end, we would be okay. Uh, Power's win was the 41st. Uh, of his career and his first uh, since August 2021 uh, when he scored a win at the road course here at the infamous Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, like I said, uh, Will Power did regain the top spot uh, in the season points lead by just three points over uh, second place and Indiana current Indianapolis 500 winner Marcus Erickson. Uh, some more uh, notable finishes. Uh, Scott Dixon uh, finished third in the number nine PCN Bank Chip Ganassi Racing Honda uh, to complete the podium uh, on the 14 turn 2.3 mile street circuit. Uh, it's the last time, like I said, that the uh, series is competing at the race at Belle Isle Park as the event will be moving to the streets of downtown Detroit in 2023. Uh, after winning the NTT P1 award on Saturday, 
Uh, Joseph Newgarden, who finished fourth in the number two Hitachi uh, team Penske Chevrolet, uh, which put, uh, if, if you think about it, two Penske cars in the top four. Uh, rounding out the top five was Pato Award, who obviously finished fifth in the number five Errol McLaren SP Chevrolet. Uh, playing the long game uh, on Andretti Autosports called uh, and, uh, Alexander Rossi uh, into the pits in just four laps into the race uh, to remove the Firestone red tires and change to a more durable black tire, again, choosing that three-stop strategy. Uh, for Team Penske and Chip Canassi racing uh, during the race, they both chose a different route, route different route rather, uh, for Power and Dixon respectively, uh, choosing the two-stop race uh, strategy respectively, and there was a lot of variety even more among that option. Uh, Power opened the race on primary tires and didn't pit for a second pair of blacks uh, until lap number 26. Uh, when he stayed on those tires before making the mandatory switch uh, to the red tires on lap 51 for the final 20 laps of the race. Uh, Dixon, on the other hand, started on primary tires and switched to an alternate tire on lap number 27. Uh, those tires, as Dixon uh, uh, noted, uh, became grippy and less durable uh, until uh, you know for the for the race until until needing to switch back uh, to the primary blacks during his second and final stop on lap 45. Uh, meanwhile, if you're wondering what kind of strategy Alexander Rossi had, uh, he stopped for primary tires on lap 25 and 47 uh, while completing his team's three-stop strategy. So uh, before we get to uh, Shannon McBride here in a couple minutes, uh, let's hear from some of the drivers uh, that took play or that took part rather and participated in this weekend's race at Belle Isle. Hey guys, race done here at Detroit. It was, uh, I would say, almost a perfect day for us. Um, we started really far in the back after not having a great day yesterday in qualifying, um, and we made it up to P6, so super happy. Strategy was on point. Uh, pit stops were really good, and the car was really fast, so um, super happy. Now we're going to Road America, probably my favorite uh, race course of, um, of the calendar, so looking forward to it. All right, we, uh, I just finished the race there. You know, I have uh, my little gift of, of Detroit and the last gift from Belle Isle here. Um, and it was uh, an unexpected race. Well, well, there's two ways. We were expecting the red tires to last, but we also weren't. And, you know, we weren't expecting it to last, you know, just two or three laps, which is literally what it did. But thankfully, I made the call and we just boxed because I think that was the right strategy to do, starting on the red tires. Um, you know, Takuma, I think he stayed out on that red tire and couldn't make it last, so he also had a box. Um, and then from that point on, I, I had my old friend Rena's VK just kind of towing me around the, for the rest of the session. And, you know, on the, the last thing, I tried really hard to get around Rosenquist. Couldn't get it done. You know, Detroit, it, it's it's pretty decent for being a street course for, for making moves, but still is a street course at the end of the day. And we got fastest lap at the end there, you know. Um, it was totally worth destroying that set and not really making any moves at the end of the, the five laps there. But overall, I'm quite happy with that result. You know, it's it's kind of stings when you start P6 and finish P11. You kind of, you know, want to, to either be around there or go up. But at the end of the day, you know, being a rookie, with everything still happening, I'm still happy to finish that race and be the highest finishing rookie. So I will see you guys at Run America. 
right, so that's the last race on Belle Isle wrapped up. Uh, it felt great to be out there with the number four tailing crew this this weekend. Uh, during the during the race, the guys were flawless and in pit lane. Thought we had good shots, and uh, we, were on, we were on the two shot strategy that seemed to work out for us. Made some passes on track and got a couple spots on good in and out laps. So was happy how that uh, was happy how everything shook out for us uh, coming on P19, and we'll be looking to learn what we can from here and our previous road courses this year going into Road America. Solid day here in Detroit. Um, Moments where I really felt like I was on pace and things were going well. Uh, still struggling with my pit ins and outs and uh, kind of working through traffic at times. But all in all, um, I think a, a step forward in my competitiveness, my understanding of the car, and uh, just a, a great experience driving on this crazy track here in Belle Isle. Uh, very uh, special to be here for the last race on the island. Uh, I had, I guess, three races here with the doubleheader that I had last year. and. Uh, truly enjoyed it. It is probably the roughest track I've ever been on in my life, <laughs> but uh, enjoyed it and had a great time here. All right, so race day here in Detroit. Uh, strange race, I thought. We started on the reds, which we knew were going to be difficult. I tried to really be clever and get them to work all the way to the window. I think I maybe overdid it a bit. Uh, we lost too much time there on the first stint. Uh, after that, it felt better. The car felt pretty good on the blacks. Especially in the middle of the race, felt pretty good. Then last in on, on the blacks again, we struggled a bit with the balance. Couldn't really get close to Simon there, and uh, yeah, it was just not perfect. So overall, a decent day, uh, but yeah, I wanted a bit more. Yeah, it was decent. I feel like I was maybe a little too conservative on the opening laps, and uh, we all put a pretty good move on there into uh, into into three. And the same with actually uh, McLaughlin early on. I knew the reds were going to be fast at the start. And uh, I was probably biting my time a little too much, but uh, he drove a fantastic race. We had a lot of understeer early on, which was kind of strange, and we kind of dialed the car in. I think our pace later was really good, so really happy for uh, for Honda, obviously. Had uh, great uh, results here this weekend, and obviously PNC Bank for all the support. And the nine crew did a hell of a job, so uh, nice and smooth for a change. It was good for, for me. We'll see you next week. Uh, I mean, great weekend overall for the Shank Racing Team. Uh, qualified so well with Elio, third and fourth, shared the second row. We had a great start running down the New Garden there for a while. Um, then we had some issues with the fuel um, mid-race, but uh, eventually we, uh, we finished seventh, which I think is a great result considering some of the issues we had, but uh, overall great job from everybody. Um, Quite excited about what we uh, accomplished this weekend. It's obviously um, every race is getting better, and now we uh, we're showing our uh, ourselves on the pointy end of the grid. So um, I'm really excited about that. Going to Road America next weekend. Good to hear from uh, some of the drivers that uh, that participated in this weekend's uh, Detroit Grand Prix. Um, a, a lot of different uh, insights. Uh, and uh, things that that they seen on the track during that uh, uh, 70 lap uh, extravaganza. But uh, joining us now is our first guest of the evening. Uh, so happy to uh, to be able to uh, meet this individual. Uh, finally, can't wait to hear her insight uh, that she has in the world of IndyCar. Uh, it is uh, Shannon McBride of Tales from Turn Four uh, podcast. Can't wait to hear her talk about that a little bit. But uh, Shannon, first and foremost, uh, welcome to uh, uh, Push to Pass. 
Uh, glad that you could take a little bit of busy time out of your schedule to join us. Uh, for people that are unfamiliar with you, uh, what you do, the insight that you bring, and and as you uh, just uh, eloquently put on Twitter, your two cents, uh, tell <laughs> us a bit about yourself. Um, I've been in and around IndyCar for about 20 years. I started as an intern for Greg Ray um, and just kind of stuck around from there. Um, I was formerly on another podcast and decided to take a venture off and start our own. So um, as Miles and I are going to start um, recording maybe the end of this week, early next week after Road America, maybe and try to get that up and running. But um, yeah, I've just always really been into IndyCar. My family was really into it. It was a tradition to go to the 500. And so once I started working, it was um, all downhill from there. <laughs> so, okay. So your your background, obviously, as you said, uh, 20 plus years in, uh, in IndyCar uh, covering the sport uh, in, inside uh, the sport. What, does, what made you decide one day to you know, step out of, of IndyCar, the, the uh, inner workings and uh, dip your toe into not only journalism, but, uh, but podcasting. Um, I don't know if anything, well, I know exactly what happened. I've made myself a Twitter presence apparently by causing some ruffles with some other people. <laughs> and gained myself a following and then I was asked to be on a couple of podcasts um as a guest and so I did those and um actually my my degree is in communications so the journalism part isn't really that far-fetched um I worked in PR when I was in IndyCar so that's kind of that was kind of always been there um but yeah, so I just kind of got asked to be on podcasts and then I decided that I really liked it. And then Pit Lane Parlay decided to keep me for a while. So um, we just kind of rolled with it. Um, I'm a social media manager also on my part-time job. So um, it just kind of all fits in. And so I run run my own brand, <laughs> create a name for myself or something <laughs> and uh, then do it for everybody else too. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, we will, we'll definitely get uh, into uh, the, the project um, that, uh, that you're undertaking, as you mentioned. Um, but let's get down uh, just, you know, you were, you just came in, you were hearing some of the tail end uh, from some of the drivers uh, that took place or that took part rather uh, in this past weekend's uh, Chevrolet uh, Detroit Grand Prix. Uh, curious to hear from uh, from your eyes, your perspective, uh, what you've seen. Um, I would say, in, in, in for me, um, covering the sport in such a short term as I have about two years now, um, I don't think Will Power is getting enough kudos um, for the driving job that he had to do those last 20 laps on the proverbial shitty red tires. Uh, okay. So to say, because uh, it was, he seemed like he was going to be a sitting duck uh, out there. And, and I think Will's got to be happy, obviously, not only to get the win, but um, that that race wasn't 71 or 72 last because uh, he would have had absolutely nothing uh, for a hard charging uh, Alexander Rossi. Yeah, honest to God. I, I mean, I was there, I was watching and I was waiting. I was just waiting for him. Not necessarily to hit the wall and crash hard, right? But like to take a brush to the wall and cut off some seconds. And Rossi was just going to take him, and it just wasn't happening. And so, um, I, he, honest to God, it was a brilliant drive. It was a brilliant drive. And I, 
I do think that Will doesn't get enough credit recently. Like there was a moment in time in which he was the one always winning for Penske, right? And then Joseph came along and Elio's there and now Scott McLaughlin is the big guy, right? But like Will's always been pretty consistent. If he's had the opportunity to win, he doesn't typically screw up that he doesn't. So um, I wasn't shocked that he did. I was disappointed because I'm a really big Alexander Rossi stand, but um, you just needed one more lap, right? <laughs> and Will's really lucky that he didn't need one more lap. So um, it was a really, really good race. Um, road courses, street courses are not always my favorite. I'm, I'm an oval girl through and through. That's what I was raised on, right? That's what I look forward to. But um, I was really impressed with how um, – entertaining bell isle was um there was some sort of like record number of passes like 248 passes or something like that for the lead is that right that seems high i don't know don't quote me on that <laughs> look it up somewhere but anyway it was a really good um that might have been for the 500 it was a really entertaining race and um you know there were no big cautions there were no big wrecks which is also I think what had to do with the strategy for Will, because um, if he had had yellows, you know, there'd been no way he could have gotten a good restart on those tires. So it just all went in his favor. There's and and he did a really good job holding on to that. So yeah, it, it went in his favor. And, and you think about it, just one year ago, uh, the issues that Will Power yeah. had at the end of the doubleheader weekend. And I don't know if you got a, if you were able to listen to any of the uh, radio traffic uh, right after the uh, checkered flag was, uh, was waving uh, the first word out of Will Power's mouth was redemption. And, and I think he's absolutely spot on the heartbreak that he had last year at that uh, doubleheader uh, at, uh, at Detroit where they red flag it. And then uh, all of a sudden he can't start his car. Funny how Marcus Erickson gets his first win because Will Power couldn't get his car started. Uh, <laughs> caveat there. Um, but uh, it was an interesting I, – I, you know, you got to give credit to Alexander Rossi. Um, I know obviously he's not you – know, he's happy, but he's not coming in second. But the whirlwind week that he had um, you know, announced last week, if you missed it, uh, he's going to be the second driver uh, for Errol McLaren next year. Um, I, Shan, I don't know how much insight you have – but there are a lot of names that are being thrown around um, for this Aero McLaren team in, in 2023. Uh, they want to field three cars. Uh, I talked about last week with, uh, with Tony Donahue, the money that Aero McLaren is putting in their game now, not only in Formula One, but now in IndyCar. Uh, they want to field that third car. It seems like Felix Rosenquist, uh, bless his heart, he's going to be the odd man out here. And um, I was listening to another show yesterday and they quoted Tony Kanaan in a tweet that it's that third car is not going to be Alex Plo. That's been a, the word around the paddock is it's going to be Alex Plo. But I think Alex Plo is, su he is such in a good spot with uh, with Chip Ganassi. He's going to carry that banner uh, going forward because we all know, you know, Scott Dixon's not getting any older. Uh, obviously, Tony Kanaan, great driver not getting any younger, or excuse me, Dixon not getting any younger, along with Kanan. So Pelot's going to be the one that's going to carry that banner. But uh, according to Tony Kanan, it's not going to be Alex Pelot. It's not going to be Renus VK. But the name that's going to surface is going to knock people out of their chairs. Is there anything, Shannon, that you're hearing 
that you can uh, put out with some credibility um, that would go along with what uh, Tony Kanan's talking about there? I uh, don't have anything um, that I don't want to start any rumors. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. I, I will say that I think that there is a 99.9% chance it is not Alex Pillow. Um, You know, it's, it's, I don't foresee Renus going there unless they offer him a boatload of money. He's pretty loyal to Ed Carpenter. Um, you know, Ed took a chance on him. They've won some races together. They have a pretty good working relationship together. The crew does well together. There's not a big reason to leave. Um, I think that my guess is, is Ed would offer Arenas a longer contract than Arrow would if he were to move. And that may not be your best option longevity wise. So um, that would be my take on that. I have a couple of drivers that, you know, somebody has been like, Hey, do you think this is it? And I'm like, I sure to God, hope not, <laughs> but, um, anything's possible. The one that I think is the most possible and still out of that realm and still going to knock you off your chair is Scott Dixon. Oh, wow. That, that would be, um, that that would be. I was thinking Colton Herta, and, and just because you think about the ties he had earlier in the year testing Formula One with Arrow McLaren. So what I don't think will happen is I don't think they're going to put Pato and Colton on the same team because one of those is probably going to end up in Formula One if Andretti ever gets the go ahead. So to put both of those guys who are your leading F one candidates on one team is a, is a bad move. So I wouldn't suspect that being the case. Um, I do feel bad for Felix because God love him. Like he's trying. It's just, he's had some really crappy luck lately and it's just not, you know, he did well at the 500. I thought maybe that might be his jumping point, right. For the rest of the season to just keep him going. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't think anybody's going to come up from lights for arrow. I don't think we'll sign anybody from lights. I I, I do think it's going to be a name from a big team that we already have or God, I hate this one or it's going to be a substitute driver who's had ridiculous amounts of luck and success in several cars. I can uh, name one. <laughs> I'm trying not to name I, him. <laughs> I, I can name one. <coughs> um, and he, he just raced this weekend, if, if memory serves me correct. He did. But here's yeah. the other thing. There's also going to probably be a second Yunko's car. And so maybe he ends up there and that would be better. Um, I said this on Twitter. If this particular person ends up on the same team as Alexander Rossi, we're going to have to start a GoFundMe for a bail because I think that that's not going to end well. So, so I think that um, I, I would hope that they would take those kinds of things into consideration. And, and, and I know now I know what name you're, you're going with. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've said all year 
that the impressive driving that this individual is this individual that remains nameless. Uh, he has done subbing. Uh, he deserves a full time ride. He absolutely for for what he has done. Uh, coming in, not having anything, and then jumping in the car. Uh, was it the St. Pete or was it the race after that where he got a top five? I believe. Yeah, he definitely deserves a uh, a a uh, a ride, and we'll see how how that plays out. Uh, anybody else uh, just looking down, running down the top 26 here? Uh, I thought uh, Indianapolis Rookie of the Year snub David Malukas uh, finishing 11th. Um, that that didn't sit well with me. That didn't sit well with me at all. So I'm um, I have a soft soft spot in my heart for for David. Um, I've done a lot of interviews with him previously. Uh, you know, I really was supportive of him moving up and, and I told him, you know, like I always have your back. And, um, when that little melee happened, uh, I am not a fan, not a fan. I, what I really truly think needs to happen. And it sounded like even Kyle Kirkwood was unaware of what the actual, criteria for rookie of the year was based on that last move he tried to make on Malukas. Both of them thought it was going to be whoever finished highest is your rookie of the year for the 500, which makes total sense. That's not the criteria. I personally think there should probably be two of them. Like do a rookie of the race, maybe do a rookie of the 500 and you could do a rookie of like month of May or call it something else, whatever you want to do. But there was no way he was going to beat out Jimmy Johnson in a popularity contest. And that's exactly what rookie of the year ended up being. Same thing happened with Ed Jones and Alonzo, right? You're it's an impossible feat. You're just not going to do it. Um, but it sucks. And I don't think it's fair. And I do hope that he ends up being rookie of the year overall. Yeah, that would definitely uh, it would take a little bit of the sting away uh, from not being uh, you know Indianapolis 500 uh, rookie of the month. Uh, one more notable uh, finish, and then I want to get to Road America this weekend uh, for the week that uh, Marcus Erickson had all of the the hoopla uh, winning the 500, um, you know, doing the the winners tour. Uh, kudos to him as well, uh, finishing in the top ten. I, I can't imagine how much uh, sleep that uh, that individual lacked all week and then going out and uh, taking uh, bell isle on as he did you know how hard of course that is and coming home with a top 10 yeah i mean i i always think that bell isle or detroit is um it's just brutal to go right into that right after the month of may and especially for the winner and especially for the winner's crew because a lot of them take part in a lot of the stuff and so you know, not only do you have to turn your car from an oval into a super into a street car, you know, like you have to. It's just, the month of May is so much and there's so much adrenaline the whole time that letdown just takes it all out of you. And so to just have to turn around and leave again on Wednesday to to head up there is not very much time. So um, always big kudos to those guys who win the race and then end up and do well in Detroit. So um. But again, I mean, Marcus was, I think he was the sleeper. Like, I think people, you know, yeah, he's on Ganassi. They're all doing great. One of them is going to win. But he was never like the name that was up there, right? It was always Alex. It was always Scott Dixon. He just came out of nowhere and like just rocked the hell out of it. So um, I, I, uh, 
I was happy to see it. I was in Nashville when he went airborne and then ended up winning that race. And so it was, you know, it's, it's, he's far more talented, I think, than people give him credit for. The, the, it's interesting that you, that you said you're at Nashville, that we may have ran into each other and not known it. Um, <laughs> but I, I spoke to, I spoke to Marcus's uh, chief strategist a, after the race on, uh, on, on Sunday at the 500. And I told him, I said, you know, an interesting caveat, um, Marcus's last two wins, um, I was both at, at Nashville and Indy. And he goes, you know, being quick-witted, uh, hey, what are you doing next weekend, speaking about going to uh, Detroit? So I found that pretty, uh, uh, pretty interesting as well. But uh, speaking of going forward, uh, we do have uh, Road America this weekend. It sounds like this is one of the most exciting uh, road courses that uh, uh, the uh, Indy drivers uh, uh, go to. Uh, give us a little bit of preview um, of of what you uh, what you expect to see, and then uh, big news starting out uh, this weekend as well at Road America. Uh, you have uh, the return of Simona Di Silvestro uh, with uh, uh, Parrot Autosports. Uh, talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah, um, actually, Road America surprisingly in all of these years however this has happened i've never been there personally but it is my favorite um road course to watch um i just think it's 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 good for passing it's good for entertainment it's it's just a good solid racetrack um i i have such a hard time with this when everybody asks me who do you think is gonna win or what do you think is gonna be top five and in any race it doesn't matter what race because i feel like it's so like, I could tell you who's not going to be there, right? A lot easier than I could tell you who is because I just feel like everybody has a chance. And really, it really does come down to your starting position. And again, like, you know, last weekend, Rossi had the car to be in the fast six and then Grosjean caused a red flag and nobody got to finish, right? So the way that the qualifying works out, sometimes it falls in your favor Sometimes it doesn't, even if you're a really fast car. So um, I do look for a little bit of a redemption arc for Rossi. Um, I think it would be really great for him to, um, his last win was 2019 at Road America with Andretti when he first re-signed his contract. I think this would be a sweet little like goodbye present <laughs> to win here, you know, this year um, and kind of bookend that that for Andretti Autosport. Um I do. I look for them to be strong. Um, I look for Joseph. He had a shitty year last year. He'll want to come back and and fix that, right? So, um, and, and Alex Pillow, you can never count him out. I feel like he's kind of been. It feels like he's been at the front forefront of everybody's talks, and then just falls back and doesn't kind of show up. Um, I think that Hillary's gonna fix that. Also, <laughs> I would. I would look for a little. Like I said, like I. I just feel like everybody's just really motivated um to do well and it's so hard to pick who's gonna be your winner you you, you threw out some interesting names because uh, the uh, column that i do previewing it for fantasy purposes uh favorites uh you mentioned joseph newgarden alex Pillow, and then uh in one of my sleeper categories is alexander rossi so <laughs> i find that interesting that uh, uh we can uh, we, we we are on the same wavelength uh, somebody I think I, I put in <clears throat> put in as a favorite uh, that this may get in his wheelhouse is Roman Grosjean. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm. I, I think this is in his wheelhouse. 
I think that, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> hmm, how do I put this politically correct without pissing anybody off? Um, First of all, there's nothing about this show that's politically correct. <laughs> let's establish that right now. Only in two episodes, let's establish that right now. I just worry that, um, and we saw it a little bit at, at Indy, <clears throat> there's still a little bit of that F1 mentality where it is all about me. And just, just say it. He's pissing people off. Just say he's it. pissing people there, off. There you go. Right. <laughs> yes. Graham Rahal said it best. There you go. He really is. And it really upsets me because he's really good for our fan base. He's really good with the fans. I saw him Saturday morning, like by himself, crowded with a whole bunch of people around him. He was signing autographs, taking pictures, not like rushing anybody off. Like, so he has that part down. It's like the on track part. It, it's a little bit like Ferrucci, right? Like the, 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 res I don't want to say they're not respectful because I don't feel like that's fair, but they just race disrespectfully. I, I like I, you know what? That you know what? In my world, I'll accept that. You, you, <laughs> you, you were you were in politically correct. I'll accept that. See, there's nothing politically correct, like I said about this show. Uh, Shannon, I do want you to be able to, um, as I say, pimp your stuff as well. Uh, tell people uh, about the the project. I know you're embarking on uh, Tales from Turn Four. Uh, yeah. Absolutely love that. Uh, love that name, by the way. And then uh, uh, other projects that uh, you have, and then where people can follow you. Yeah, so um, my husband and I just decided that we were going to start a, start a podcast together. Um, it took a while to come up with a name, but our seats actually are interned for. And so we have like seven or 10 people that come with us usually. And we call ourselves a turn for mafia. Um, we didn't think putting mafia in our, <laughs> our name was probably best. So we went with Tales from Turn 4. But we are um, going to record podcasts. We're going to hope to be on Spotify and Apple um, within the next couple of weeks. Um, we're working on our website, getting that designed. You can follow us on Twitter, Tales from Turn 4, the number. Um, you can follow myself, Indy Karchik, follow Miles, um, M. Scott 24, um, MD Scott, sorry, MD Scott 24 um, on Twitter. And um, we're going to put up a YouTube page by the same name. It's, it is live, actually, and we have some race recaps videos already on there, but we'll also put the recording of the podcast on there when we get to that. So, um, we're just trying to, you know, just keep it going, do the things that we love to do. I, I'm so passionate about IndyCar. I love everything about it. Yes, I'm not going to be one of those people who um, create rumors for clicks. That's not going to be us. Um, I try to stick with the facts. And if I don't have the facts, then I don't make the answers, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm just real big on, um, I, I just want to get it right. Right. And I don't want to be one of those people. We have enough of those people who just say whatever they want because they think it might, you know, throw some shit at a pole and it might stick. We're not going to do that. So if you're looking for rumors, don't come here. <laughs> if you're looking for facts, come on up. <laughs> de de definitely love, love where you come from with that. Um, you know, being in the, in the political world as I am, as well as this, um, you have no idea how uh, how true uh, that statement is where people will just put crap out there uh, just for clicks, um, like you said. 
Uh, any uh, upcoming races? Uh, obviously, you said you weren't going to be at uh, Road America, um, Iowa, or, uh, or Nashville, or uh, anywhere in between um, where people can, uh, can meet you at. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be in Nashville. We will be at the IMS doubleheader. Um, we'll be at Gateway. Um, we had talked about going to Iowa, but truth be told, gas prices are ridiculous. So -uh, no way, no way. So we're kind of having to balance that out right now. So, um, we probably won't end up in Iowa. Sadly, I was really hoping to, but it's an eight and a half hour drive from us here. And so that's just a lot. Um, so, but we will be Nashville gateway and the double header we will be at. So, um, yeah, please come find me. Say hello. Um, it's not uncommon for me to be walking in the garages and somebody be like, are you Indy car check? And I'm like, yeah, I have a name though. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I love it. Please come meet me. Say hi, follow me. I'm always, my DMS are open. You can ask any questions. I'm happy to help any newcomers come along. Um, I just love the sport. So I want more people to love it too. So, um, I'm an open book when it comes to IndyCar. Ask me anything. Yeah, I will uh, definitely uh, look you up when uh, we have the the road course comes back here uh, towards yeah. the end of July, and then we'll definitely uh, get together down in uh, in Nashville. I know uh, I'm going to be leaving Friday morning uh, yeah. for there, uh, so uh, we will uh, we'll get together. Maybe we can have uh, we'll have dinner. All of us will have dinner, and we'll uh, we'll see how things go. But uh, uh, Shannon, again, a huge thank you for. Uh, carving a little bit of time out of your uh, busy schedule here late at night uh, to uh, to join us. And again, uh, for people that are interested in following not only the podcast, uh, but you individually on social media, uh, where can people do that at? At IndyCar Chick on Twitter and at Tales from Turn 4, the number four. Awesome. Uh, again, huge thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll speak down the road and uh, you are more than welcome to come back anytime you want. Anytime you want. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good night. That was, yep. Have a nice night. That was uh, Shannon McBride. Like I said, go check her out on, uh, on Twitter uh, at uh, tales from turn four. And then uh, her um, individual uh, Twitter page is at uh, IndyCar chick. I think you will absolutely love the stuff uh, that, uh, that she is putting out. Uh, looking at the studio clock, I do see that we are slowly rolling to the 10 o'clock hour. And that means that our next guest is joining us. Uh, can't wait to hear his hits and misses, uh, last weekend at, uh, at Belle Isle. Hope he didn't put uh, money on Andrew or Alexander Rossi. Cause that had to be one hell of a, uh, uh, heartache on, on Sunday. And then I do have a question from him, uh, from the audience. Uh, as well that I'm curious to get uh, his uh, thoughts on. Uh, but uh, Mike from uh, IndyCar, or Bet IndyCar rather, uh, is joining us. Uh, Mike, first and foremost, uh, thank you for uh, for coming back. We may make this a uh, a common, uh, common segment here on uh, Push to Pass. But uh, first and foremost, uh, how was your uh, pocketbook uh, after Belle Isle this weekend? The, uh, how's it going there? Good, good to be back and, uh, and see you again, man. The pocketbook was great. Uh, uh, I did have a 30 to one ticket on Rossi and I was screaming like one more lap, one more lap, please give me one more lap. Um, it's funny. I, I am a willpower fan. Probably. Uh, he's one of my favorite drivers, uh, betting and just, just IndyCar fan. So, um, I did have a small ticket on willpower, but it was only six to one. 
Um, and it was nothing like the payday that that Rossi ticket was go. So when it comes to uh, deciding who I'm going to cheer for in a race, uh, while I am a willpower fan, I was a Rossi fan and I was screaming for one more lap. But uh, it was a profitable race. I made a small profit. Like I said, nothing would have been a lot bigger uh, if Rossi had won. But uh, I do preach to everybody on the Twitter account and, and the betting community with IndyCar. You know, I like to split my bets. So if I have a to win bet on somebody, I like to also put a top three. Rossi's top three was three and a half to one. So that's that's actually excellent uh, value. Uh, usually your top threes are only like even money. So cash that ticket and uh, win a couple matchups. Had a couple matchups against Grosjean. Uh, had a McLaughlin matchup um, against McLaughlin. That was a winner. Uh, so it was a good week. Uh, the, 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 the betting recap was, was good. Yeah. I can't imagine what, uh, what your, uh, what your thoughts were coming down to those last few laps where Rossi was uh, closing uh, ever so slightly on, on each lap. And uh, again, <clears throat> as we were talking with, uh, with, with Shannon McBride there, uh, I don't think Will Power um, got enough credit for the driving uh, that he had to do on on sunday with those last 20 laps being on those uh red tires which uh if you watch the race you noticed that uh they turned to shit real quick yeah yeah no i i agree 100 uh i think power you know it's funny i had a bet uh from a betting perspective um i bet uh dixon as well top three and the sole purpose behind my handicapping on that was dixon's the best guy at saving tires and detroit equals saving tires you know my re my research, my notes, Detroit. Uh, one, it says Detroit's, you know, kind of a crap show when it comes to who wins the race. And sure enough, it happened again. Power was not in the top six. That is very uncharacteristic for a, a road course, street course in any car. Usually, you know, the name of the game in betting is find somebody in the top six, you know, in the pre-qualifying bets, uh, which we'll probably talk about here in a second. Um, but it happened again. Willpower coming from behind. Uh, but yeah, tires is the name of the game. Saving tires. You know, Dixon, I would put it number one at that. Um, I think there was some some research on that that came out uh, after the race that showed that Dixon did the best job on his stints with those tires. But Will Powers right there at number two. You know, savvy vets. They know how to save tires. Uh, the rookies don't. And Detroit's a place where you got to do that to win. Mike, was there somebody uh, after the race that uh, where they finished at um, that you looked back and said, damn, I should have put uh, some uh, some money on them? Uh, no, not, not, not really. Um, nothing I could think of for this one. You know, that does happen. You do have, uh, bet regret is real. That's a thing. Uh, it usually happens in matchups. Uh, when you, when you kind of think somebody's going to have a bad race, but, uh, you maybe don't put some money on a matchup, but, uh, no, not, uh, not in this race that I could think of. Uh, somebody else I, I want to uh, touch on, and I talked with Shannon, uh, with him or about him as well. Um, that uh, I think should get a lot of credit uh, that he's not for the finish that he got is is Marcus Erickson. All the hoopla that he had to go through winning the 500, uh, the tour of New York and everything that he did, and I would imagine lack of sleep had to be right there at the top uh, for him on Sunday, but yet uh, coming away, going through all that, that you know, ha- havoc of a week, uh, lack of sleep, lack of focus, and Marcus Erickson still comes home with a top 10 finish. Yeah, that matchup that I won that I talked about was Erickson over McLaughlin. Uh, that was one that I had targeted. I was a little nervous about that. I, I've been slow to come around on Erickson, I'll admit. Um, my uh, my friends over at Burnout Sports uh, and Burnout Bets, um, Tony and, and Jared, have kind of 
started to get me to come come around on on uh, Erickson, and he did a great job. I was, you know, he that is a that Detroit is obviously he won there a uh, year before, and it's a track he's got some good history at. But uh, when I was handicapping the race, I was a little weary of the fact that the the dude was taking the the tour around the country, New York, and all types of stuff, and and uh, you know showing up kind of cold. But these guys are professionals. They jump in the car. They you know they're only in the car for a short amount of time, and then you got the race, so they can handle it. Yeah, he he definitely uh, definitely did miss a beat. But uh, moving on uh, this weekend, uh, Road America up at uh, Elkhart Lake, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, you want to preview that a little bit? I did see uh, within the last couple hours or earlier today, uh, the lines uh, did come out uh, for that. So let we talk about those a little bit, and then a question from the audience: um, If you could do a uh, a parlay, what drivers would you pick? So parlay, just for people that don't know, is when you pair up, you know, two bets to get some better odds. Um, you can't parlay to win bets. That's not something that a sports book will let you do. Um, some may let you parlay uh, top threes and top fives. I doubt it. What you can parlay is matchups. So uh, we haven't had any matchups released yet for any car for this week, but on Sunday there will be matchups before the race. Um, so some books will, will let you pick some matchups. What you're looking to do there is look, look for matchups with some big favorites. Uh, so something that's going to be, you know, in, in maybe like a minus 150, minus 200. So, you know, $2 only wins you one is minus 200. Um, and basically you want to take two drivers that are heavy favorites against another driver, pair them together. And instead of only winning $2 uh, or $1 off your two, it's now maybe even money. But you got to win them both. That's the, that's the, that's the trick of the parlay. Um parlays uh, are good for the house is what I, probably the easiest way for me to put that. I'd stay away from parlays uh, for the most part. Um, just like I'd stay away from betting those heavy favorites in IndyCar because IndyCar is so unpredictable uh, and so many things could happen. Uh, the matchup bets are where you can kind of is your best value, but parlaying them together is risky business. So uh, sports books love it when people parlay things. So I'll just, and that's how they build those big casinos places. So I'll leave it at that. That, that that makes perfect sense, you know. Um, you know, Vegas uh, Vegas didn't get rich by uh, by being wrong. Uh, you know, like I said, the uh, the lines were put out uh, earlier uh, today, and I know I, uh, I I I retweeted those with you in them. Uh, if you've got a chance to look at those, what are some of the uh, drivers that uh, jump off the uh, page uh, right off the bat? Oh yeah, you bet. I'm I'm already uh, I'm. Wednesday afternoon, I'm I'm already tweeting at the sports books, uh, begging for any car lines. You know, uh, we get the uh, F1 and the NASCAR lines like sometimes right after the race ends for their races on on Saturday and Sunday. IndyCar, we usually have to wait till Thursday, but yeah, the lines are out. Uh, I tweeted a bunch of them as well. I try to tweet most of the sports books that are popular. Uh, you know, with IndyCar, Points Bet, Caesars, DraftKings, some of the offshores, Bovada, and my bookie. I'll tweet those as well. So yeah. Uh, interesting there's different lot you know i always tell people shop around you know look for the best number and all you know case in point uh the guy that i'm going right back to the well with this week is rossi uh i wanted to bet rossi on this track uh even before anything that happened yesterday he's a guy i have circled that road america everything that happened at the detroit race makes me even more excited to bet rossi uh at this track so uh, i didn't get 30 to 1 but the books there are books out there that have uh, 21 available. I put a bet in at 20 to one on Rossi. So I'll be riding with Rossi again with a pre-qualification bet here. Um, at DraftKings, I believe Rossi's 16 to one, uh, which is probably one of the more widely used sports books. So if you can get access to another one, Bet Rivers or Caesars, 
uh, look for those good numbers. And there's a big difference between 16 to 121 if you actually hit a winner in the long term. Um, so shop around for those numbers. Make sure you find it. Uh, the other driver that I put a pre-qualification bet on uh, was Newgarner uh, at 6 to 1. Uh, you know, maybe we can see the same exact kind of story play out. Newgarner should have won this race last year. Uh, when do you ever see a Penske car have a gearbox fail like that? And then, like, when do you ever – same thing with power at Detroit. When do you ever see a Penske car, you know, overheat and stop? Uh, just crazy stuff happened. Newgardner should have won the race last year, but not for that gearbox. You know, he's a driver that can get into the the fast six. I know he's capable at Road America. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the idea behind the bets when you're betting IndyCar pre-qualifications is to try to find the guy that's going to be, you know, in that fast six or even in that top three because then those numbers are going to shrink. If Rossi puts his car in the pole, he's going to go from 20 to 1 to two to one. Uh, and I'm going to be a really happy guy sitting with a 20 to one ticket in my pocket uh, come Sunday when everybody else is looking at Rossi at two to one. And then what that does is gives me a ton of different options to hedge, pick other drivers that are maybe starting second or third. This is a race uh, that, you know, you do, this is a race that is more historically like normal for any car where the, the leader or the winner more likely is going to come from the front, come from one of those top six drivers uh, come, you know, I'm going to be looking to hammer a ton of top threes this week. Uh, the second I see a top three on Palo, I'll look to grab that. Uh, the second I see a top three on Herna, I'll look to grab that. Uh, and then I'll wait till after qualifications and see what the lines come out. Um, and the lines will obviously move. And, I'm, and look, I'm, I'm hoping that Rossi puts it in the top six, puts it in the top three. Um, and then I've already got the bet on him. He's done. I'm just trying to predict who's going to make that fast six with these first uh, with these pre-qualification bets you see in the opening lines. Okay, you, you talk about uh, some of the favorites uh, that uh, that you're seeing uh, when these lines uh, just opened uh, today. Are there any uh, sleepers uh, that uh, that people need to pay attention to with these lines? And then, who are some people that uh, that you are drivers that you would fade? Yeah, so in terms of sleepers, uh, you know, uh, looking at the pre-qualification lines. The only two guys that I maybe throw some very small bet on just just to see just for craziness would maybe be the Ray Hall boys. Uh, maybe they can turn their season around. Harvey loves this track. He's always been fast at this track, but Harvey was fast at a lot of other tracks that we've seen already on the schedule. And he just has struggled in the Ray Hall cars uh, as compared to what he was doing in Meyer Shank. So, you know, Harvey's 100 to one. Yeah, I got five bucks to throw in at 100 to one uh, to see if Harvey can put it up in and win a race. Graham was a uh, 50 to one in a couple spots, 25 to one uh, or 50 to one, in a bunch of spots. And maybe him, the only one maybe in the 20 range uh, that kind of caught my eye was Rosenquist. Uh, you know, Felix Rosenquist, they haven't been so great at road America, but he hinted at some stuff. If you were following the news um, and this is, this is where you can make your money in, in IndyCar betting is the sports books are not following IndyCar news and IndyCar betting and what drivers are saying. They're just posting lines and taking money and moving the numbers to, to balance their book. Um, so Rosenquist was 25 to one, you know, if I, I had not pulled the trigger on that yet, but if they were all off the truck on Friday and I see that the aero cars are fast um, and he's still sitting there at 25 to one, I might, might put a little bit on that, but the rest of the betting I'll do on Sunday morning when uh, all the matchups come out, all the top threes come out, the top five comes out uh, and the adjusted lines come out based on qualifying. Also, a uh, side note with with Rosenquist, uh, the the news that came out uh, obviously uh, last weekend with with Rossi uh, moving over to Aero McLaren in in 2023. Uh, Aero McLaren looking to add you know have three cars next year. Uh, Felix maybe 
right or uh, driving for a job next year. Uh, does that have any any play into um, betting on him this weekend and going forward? No, don't care as far as betting goes. It's a it's a you know it's any car story. I it's interested to me. I'm interested as a fan. Um, but when it comes to betting, you know, I'm I'm betting numbers um, and lines, um, and I'm betting you know based upon the information I know on drivers with track history and stats, um, and then what I see with my eyes and, and here, you know that. That stuff is all noise. Obviously, look, I I did consider it last week before I made that Rossi bet before qualifications. Uh, but mainly that bet had nothing to do with all the, the news of Rossi moving it. It more was about Rossi um, being good at the track, you know, and being fast at Detroit historically year over year. And, and, and it played out again that way. Just missed on a strategy by, you know, a lap. Yeah, yeah, his uh, his race strategist, uh, strategist uh, definitely hit a home run. I think for the most part uh, for uh, for Alexander Rossi. Uh, last thing, Mike, anybody you're staying away from, uh, avoiding, uh, we'll call it the avoiding like the plague uh, when you look at these lines. Uh, yeah, I mean the lines that you know, like I said, I'm I'm looking at numbers um, more than drivers, and well, you look at the number, then you associate with the driver. So twelve to one right now is too short for McLaughlin. Fifteen to one, um, is, sixteen to one is too short for Erickson. Frankly, for me, um, VK twenty to one too short. Paginos twenty to one too short. Like I would want, you know. But if you know, again, I say that if you have a book that's offering. Uh, I think I tweeted out, you know, if you find Rossi at 20 to one, I like it. If you find Rossi at under 20 to one, like I wouldn't bet Rossi on DraftKings at 16 to one. So a lot of it's about the number when it comes to betting. I'm trying to get the most value extracted um, from these drivers, you know, and like I said, I'm making a gamble that I think he's going to put it in, you know, the top of the field. I want drivers in the top of the field on these opening lines or the guys that are qualifying the top of the field. Um, you know, so that's why usually you won't see me touching. Uh, I, I did bet Newgardner six to one because I think that's going to go lower. But you know, at the Asar's betting lines go five to one for Pelo is too short. Five to one for my boy Power is too short. Colton at six is too short. Um, I'm usually not going to bet something that's not double digits or at least closer to ten uh, before qualifications. Because like I said, these guys it, qualifications. Look at happened in Detroit. Um, you know, it was a bit of a mess. There were some red flags. It, some guys didn't get their hot laps. They don't qualify. And if what happened in Detroit happens in Road to America for qualifying, we're not going to see a winner come back from 10th to 11th. I don't know. I don't remember where power started. It was in the back. And uh, it's not going to happen at Road America. You need to be in the front at Road America. You need to qualify well. Um, and if you get if you have a bad qualifying session, then you're pretty much uh, dead in terms of betting. Uh, Mike, again, uh, good stuff, as always. Uh, for people that uh, don't follow you already first, shame on them. Uh, but uh, for people that uh, do want to follow you after seeing this and uh, want to uh, go win some money uh, this weekend with uh, with your insight, uh, where can people do that at? Yeah, you could, uh, everything I put on Twitter is, uh, at Indy underscore bet um, is where I'm at on Twitter. I post a betting card before every race. Totally up to you guys and people out there if they want to fade me or follow me. Um, I'll, I'll give the information. I'll give my thoughts. Uh, then I'll post a betting recap after. And then I always post as I make bets and stuff I see. And, uh, you know, I'll retweet some stuff and I'll have some back and forth with some folks talking through uh, what people what people can get out there and what, what they think about the betting lines and matchups. 
good uh, good stuff mike and uh, you may see me uh, put a little bit of uh, money uh, this weekend uh, we'll we'll see how that uh, how that plays out but uh, mike again huge thank you for uh, for joining us uh, good luck with uh, everything that uh, you're going to lay down uh, this weekend and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again here and in, in, uh, in a few weeks cool man have a good night thanks good luck yeah, you too Yep, good luck to you as well. Uh, go check Mike out at uh, Indy underscore uh, bet. If you want to uh, win some uh, scratch for sure, definitely go and uh, go and check him out. Uh, also, too, not only check him out, uh, but as you see down at the bottom of your screen, uh, go give a like, uh, a follow uh, to uh, Push to Pass podcast, as you can see scrolling uh, right down there on uh, Facebook, Getter, uh, True Social, and Twitter, if you would uh, please. Uh, before we get on out of here, I know we got to uh, wrap things up. Uh, let's hear from some of the drivers uh, that are going to be participating uh, this weekend at Road America. Uh, we have uh, two first, uh, the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda, and the winner of the Indianapolis 500, Marcus Erickson. All right, so time for Road America this weekend. It's one of the most beautiful and best tracks of the calendar. Uh, really enjoy driving there. It's the longest lap of the year as well. Um, and what I like as well is produces really good racing usually as well. So looking forward to it. We've had some good runs there over the years. I think fourth place finish is my best one so far. Looking to uh, improve that this year. I think we, we're going to have a strong package uh, as usual, um, feeling confident after the, the last couple of races that we've had and the sort of confidence we've, we've got from that. So, yeah, really looking forward to the race and the whole weekend. It's going to be fun. Hoping to see a lot of fans out there. Pumped to get to Wisconsin this weekend, Road America. I uh, spent a lot of time in Wisconsin in my younger days racing ASA and also off-road trucks. Uh, so be happy to get back to that area, see some old friends, drive on such an epic and amazing racetrack. Um, so, you know, thoroughly just excited to go. Hope to uh, build on last year's performance and uh, be a bit more competitive. That was both, again, the number eight uh, Husky Chocolate uh, Honda with Chip Ganassi Racing and you and Indianapolis uh, 500 winner Marcus Erickson. And then also, too, you had the number 48 uh, Carvana Honda with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing as well. Jimmy Johnson giving their thoughts on Road America this weekend. Uh, that does it uh, for this episode of Push to Pass podcast. Uh, make sure, again, uh, give us a like, follow, uh, subscribe. You can uh, uh, catch uh, Push to Pass podcast, like I said, on Facebook, uh, Getter, True Social, Twitter, and YouTube as well. Uh, we'll be putting out uh, daily news uh, from uh, other news outlets. Uh, also, uh, we'll get uh, news from IndyCar, NTT IndyCar, and then uh, news uh, that uh, we report on here at the Push to Pass podcast. Uh, huge thank you first to uh, Shannon McBride of Tales from Turn 4 podcast. Uh, go give them a follow at, on Twitter. And then her personal uh, Twitter is at IndyCar Chick, all one word. Go give that. Go give her. Go give them uh, a follow as well. And then also, as as uh, always, huge thank you to Mike uh, from Bet IndyCar at Indy underscore Bet. Uh, go give him a follow on Twitter as well. And uh, hopefully, uh, good luck this weekend, to anyone that uh, 
follows uh, what uh, what Mike puts out there on Twitter in the betting and fantasy world as well. Again, huge thank you to everyone that uh, tuned in last week and this week. Uh, hopefully, you became you become rather a mainstay here at Push to Pass. For Derek Vance, uh, we will see you again after the next race.